Are you ready, Laura? All in. beer is dynamic. It always has been. The last few years certainly rocked the industry, all industries, but there's never been a time in my experience in this community that hasn't been marked by perceptible, often rapid change. Laura Lodge agrees. She's the owner of Customized Craft Beer Programs, the co-founder of Starterbrewery.com, and the founder of the Big Beers Belgians and Barley Wines Festival. She's a distribution strategist, an author, a speaker, and a podcaster too, among many other roles. In this episode, she reflects on her two plus decades in craft beer and its exponential evolution since 2020. I'm your host, Emily Hutto, and this is the Radcraft Industry Relief Podcast. I have no idea how I first met you, when I first met you. how we first came into contact. I just knew of you. You were out there in the world, in the space. You were highly talked about, very well regarded in the craft beverage space. You still are, Laura, even more so now. And I'd, I'd known about you for many years before I officially met you. And now I think it's been 10 years and I can't remember when that wonderful day was. <laughs> well, I, I would have put it at longer. I feel like I've known you forever. Um, but same true here. You know, I, I knew that you were out there and you were doing different things and interesting things. And I remember first meeting you, finding out that you knew all this about sake and you had a sake certification. My mind just blew. I was like, there is such a thing? How is it that that this is even like just so many cool things and so many different things that you were doing, but I hadn't met you yet. It was the same for me. You were an expert in craft beer distribution and an authored one, no less. You were the founder of the Big Beers <laughs> Belgians and Barley Wines Festival. And there was just there was just so much goodness around Laura Lodge and and you never meet a person who I've never met a person who has met you and had anything but really wonderful, positive things to say. So because of that notoriety that you had and just the wonderful word of mouth presence in the industry, I knew who you were long before the big day that we met, which actually, you know, doesn't feel big at all. It must have been seamless because we were like, oh yeah, I I know you. Yeah, I know you. And and I trust me, if you set up a, a weekend in the mountains at a resort for everybody to come drink beer, you would be the hero too. So it, it just that's that's the equation. All that's all you need to do. It makes me laugh because when I introduce you, I'm like, she does everything. She she's just so involved and I end up rambling off when I introduce you because it's true that you are a human of great capacity, especially in this industry. Well, I think I would summarize it to say I'm a human of great randomness in this industry. I think that's fair. I started with distribution. A lot of it is just walking through the doors as they open. And the doors have been so different and so varied. So, um, you know, the the learning about and participate in the distribution le- like tier 
then kind of evolved into the events world with big beers, which then kind of evolved into creating retail programs for the destination hotels, the, the restaurants, and um, that was super cool. I loved that. Um, and, and that went further into the educational realm with the new brewery accelerator workshops and the brewers retreats I did with craft beer and brewing and so many of the savor and the great American beer festival helping with farm to table or paired, whatever you want to call that today. I mean, so many cool, different, unique things. Um, and ultimately, you know, I've done property management, I've done fine dining, I've done accounting. There's a lot of small business pieces in there. And I find myself wrapping up most of that with the Brewers Association Mentorship Program because I have discovered that all of those pieces, as disparate as they may or not be from one to the other, have all come to play. And I've learned that with, you know, consulting for startups and for some of the other things I'm doing right now where it really matters that I, I know how to set up the POS system. I know how to design a menu. I know how to do these things that are not even like beer related in my, in my story. Laura's diverse and integrated background comes together in one of her latest projects, startabrewery.com. It was born when our friend Candice L. Moon, the craft beer attorney, got an email asking if she wanted to buy the URL. Flash forward three years later, she and Laura have turned startabrewery.com into a free resource created to elevate the quality of the craft beer industry. The website has an abundance of advice spanning topics from financing and HR to branding and marketing and so much more. Laura and Candice host live virtual resource groups and even have their own Start a Brewery podcast. Start a Brewery being a pandemic project is perfect. And um, creating Start a Brewery with Candice um, has been wonderful too. That, that brings together all the disparate pieces, right? All the people that I've worked with in all the capacities um, whether it's craft beer or adjacent industries, to be able to say, hey, do you want to lift everybody else up too? Um, I think that's worked out really well. So, I mean, I'm going to roll with the puzzle analogy because okay. you, you're putting all these, and I wasn't planning on this, but you're putting all these pieces together throughout a really brilliant and wise career. And then this global trauma happens and your response is so Laura because you took all these pieces of the puzzle and in completing it helped so many people and created a platform in which you could continue to help so many people. It makes me wonder if um it makes me wonder how Start a Brewery would have come to be if you hadn't had that weird blip dip in space and time that we all I look back now and it feels like a granting of time, a gift, but at the time I was not. Well, it felt like an opportunity to fill some space and that blank space is so hard. Some space, some time, some purpose. Um, it would not have, absolutely not have happened. Um, and when Candace got this random email that said, you look like you could use this URL, this website, uh, she wouldn't have opened the email um, if it had not been this weird space where we're sitting on our couch actually reading the junk mail. Um, so, you know, none of that would have happened. So I like to think that there are a lot of reasons that we shifted gears, that we understood what it was to, to get enough sleep, to have an opportunity to do a puzzle, to understand what it is to, un to, to feel like when you're out of energy, you rest. I mean, we don't do that as a culture. 
And all of a sudden, the thing we were asked to do was sit on our couches. So yeah, there's a flash forward to be done, which is from those 10 plus many years ago that we met to when the pandemic hits and many folks are asking if I'm going to, truly, they point blank ask me, am, am I going to do a Zoom? Am I going to pull people together in an online conversation? And I said yes a little bit begrudgingly because I never used Zoom before on a regular basis and I didn't. I didn't recognize my capacity at that time to hold space for a group of people to discuss issues. But they asked, and what else were we all going to do? So that's what I did. And I decided to ask folks to join us who, of course, were in my network and beloved by me, but who I really believed were craft communicators, people who communicate the beverage, the industry thereof on a regular basis, whether or not we call them marketers or sales or whatever that job title may be, just people who communicate craft for a living. And you are high on that list for me, Laura. So it's just a shoe in that I invite you to join these conversations. All that to say thank you and turn it over to you to tell me what that looked like for you. What, what brought you back every week? In this particular case, the pandemic found me out of my own space and time. Um, not being in Colorado, not being with my friends for the last 30 years, not being in my own home space with my own grocery store and my own stuff. Here I am in Ohio, um, which I had kind of been part-time, right, since 2018 to be here with dad. But here I am in a new space without all my go-to friends. Nobody had any idea what I did for a living. They still don't in many cases. Um, so there was no sense of connection or history or validation or identity for me here. I'm dad's daughter. And so that's a very strange place to be. If you're, you know, 50 plus years old, you're all of a sudden uprooted into a place where the thing you're supposed to do is stay home. The thing you're supposed to do is not work. There is no work. Um, the thing you're supposed to do is connect with people that you don't really know that you used to know when you were a kid at church. Uh, maybe some high school friends that are still connected, sort of, but not really because they have their own lives. You know, they did their own thing for the last 30 years when I was in Colorado. Um, so to be able to have this opportunity to connect with people who understood what I've been doing, who have a lot of the same passions I do, and that same, it's, it's that validation of self, of community, of purpose, of I didn't just reappear on Mars. You know that feeling? Um, and so for me, you literally were a lifeline. It was, hey, let's bring some people together that we all know and talk about the thing we love to talk about. Help each other in the process. You know, find some tips and tricks. How are you dealing? How's your day? I mean, just that and having somebody to care and connect and it just, it was huge for me too. So you're welcome and thank you because I needed that so badly and I would get off the calls and feel like I'm myself again. Like you need to be needed. We all need to be needed and we all need to belong. And it's so hard to have that isolation piece. In line with the theme of this podcast, I mean, we're really, what happened is we watched our connections unfold with one another over the course of many years and beautiful things came out of 
just spending online time and space together during a time when we didn't know what else to do. And so startabrewery.com is just this gorgeous byproduct of what you were able to do, not because of Radcraft Industry Relief, but I hope in addition to or with some connections that you made from the from the calls. Well, sure. I, I absolutely have stronger connections with Kate. I know that Eric Cox is a contributor straight up because I met him on the your industry relief Zoom. So, I mean, there's very definite direct lines, but there's a lot more indirect as well. She's talking about Eric Cox of the Wise Ape Design Studio and Kate Bernat, who featured Big Beers in a Good Beer Hunting story about the challenges event organizers faced in 2021. I catch up with Kate on our next episode. If you're not already familiar, the Big Beers Belgians and Barley Wines Festival is one of the industry's most beloved beer events started by Laura and her brother Bill in Vail, Colorado in 2001. Since then, both professional and home brewers come from across the globe to sample the curated list of beers at this festival, indulge in brewer and chef-led dinners, and learn from expert speakers on leading industry topics in one of the most idyllic locations you can imagine. In 2017, Big Beers relocated to Breckenridge. Now it's 2024, and the festival has not occurred since January of 2020. You probably all know that Big Beers was canceled for 2021 already. Um, normally, by the time we hit May and June, we already have featured brewmasters, and in August, we're sending out invites to brewers and things. So we made that call at the beginning of July, and I finally, I don't know, it was kind of this weird, like, COVID brain damage that I couldn't find myself the energy to get the word out right away. I think part of it was a little bit, I was a little concerned I was going to get that backlash. Um, I wasn't sure how well it would be received, but fortunately everybody has been super um, supportive. And so at this point, we're kind of trying to figure out, you know, how do we stay on the radar that weekend? How do we mark our normal milestones for big beers? How do we engage without, our board decided that they really didn't want to do the virtual seminar track like a lot of people are, partially because everybody's zoomed out everybody's videoed out, um, but also partially because a lot of the experiences, no matter what the quality, are being judged by the technological failures or successes. And we really kind of didn't want to put all of the energy into that only to have some weird glitch we couldn't predict and have everybody left with a bad taste when we want to keep it positive. This year, Big Beers returned as a homebrew competition. More about that in a bit. It's been a tumultuous few years steering the trajectory of the Big Beer ship. True to character, though, Laura is at the helm with gracefulness and curiosity about what's ahead. I think the thing that was so magical, not that it isn't still about Big Beers, was bringing the community together to find a place where we could all relax and play and just be together. And I don't know that we need that as much in the same way as we did. Not that it isn't always valuable, because it absolutely is. Um, but maybe that's happening in different ways right now. Uh, so we'll just see where we go. I'm not, I'm not sure where this path leads, um, but I know that there are a lot of really dedicated people who miss it, and those are the emails I get, and those are the hardest to answer because I miss those people too. That's my beer family, right? Doing that for 20 years, bringing together those volunteers and those brewers and those people who are super psyched about being there. Every year, it was about... 
beginning of December that I would start to think that I was losing my mind and that I was absolutely insane to be doing this anymore. And then the, the homebrewers would come together to sort the homebrew for the homebrew competition. And that day, totally, they, they totally brought me back with their passion and their excitement and their just, in, just straight up enthusiasm and willing to do whatever it is to get to, get to there. Um, it's just, it feels so good to be able to make it happen that that can push beyond a lot of these, oh my gosh, you're insane, what are you doing? Um, so big beers has been magical for me. It has been, it has helped me in a place where I needed to have a purpose, where I needed to be able to be of, of value and be able to contribute. And I feel that, that that worked well, better in some years than others. Um, but we all got together successfully and, and built a community and, and really helped to, again, kind of raise the bar of who are we as an industry. The fact that the current state of big beers is a homebrew competition says so much to me about the roots of our industry and how we all gather around beer. Mm -hmm. True. And we can do the homebrew competition anywhere and it has roots in the home, which is where we spent all of our time during the pandemic. Right? So there's a lot of irony, I think, to that. Yeah, it was a time where we were constantly demanded to accept change and roll with change. And the things that we had in our control likely needed to be based on trust. You know, things change. I, I'm horrible with change. I'm getting better as I get older about, you know, embracing it and trying to realize like the whys of the change and the good things of the change. And it's just so hard to let go of some of the awesomeness sometimes. For as much as we discussed challenges on Radcraft Industry Relief, we also noted positive changes that we saw happening in the craft beer industry too. Here's Laura in 2021. I've discovered in my world too that there are a number of people who have reinvented what they're doing in a new way, in a better way that suits them and makes them happier and have no interest in going back to the old way that they felt was pleasing everybody. Here's what she had to add to that in fall of 2023 when we recorded this podcast. So back to beer, flagships got a really big boost, right? <laughs> Bless we, you for the connection back to beer. We, we knew what they were. We, it was going to taste the same every time. They did. They had this big renaissance of, oh, my God, I want the thing I, I know. Um, I, I It didn't last long because I want the newest, latest, greatest thing came back, but... Um, yeah, I, I, I was. I thought that was comforting. <laughs> that it also shows there. Yeah, long live my local pale ale, right? <laughs> right, or whoever's Colorado Amber, right? How long ago was it that everybody had an Amber? Here in Durango, we maintain, we cling to the past with an abundance of Amber ales, but I can't say that for most parts of That's Colorado. because you're so well established with a history of people that were <laughs> just opening their businesses in the era of Amber. Correct. You nailed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stay curious. Keep learning. Be willing to stand in someone else's shoes and learn more. Don't think your way and your experience and your road is the only one. It's not. In order to be a decent leader, a decent human, a decent friend, a decent neighbor, in order to help the world be a better place— 
you have to stay open and curious and keep learning. And I think that that's one of the tragedies of the pandemic. Working from home does not make us better people. I'll ask. Um, I mean, I think we could go on all day about a lot of the negative things that happened during the pandemic because we had to for many years. But something that has been really valuable for me about these chats is it's it's enlightened me to the ways that people stayed positive and have found their own silver linings and outcomes or byproducts that they never would have expected that felt really good and, and nourishing. And I'm curious to know how you've seen the industry change for good from your very unique perspective on it. Well, there's a number of different windows for me. A Started Brewery has been a, a good one because I'm reaching out to people saying, hey, would you be willing to offer your experience? Would you be willing to be part of lifting others up? And I've had a couple people say I don't have the bandwidth for that. Um, but it's been one or two. And that's that's some crazy percentage of awesome. Um, we just have some amazing people in the industry. And it's true on the brewing side that that brewers are generally willing to lift others up, willing to share, willing to collaborate, willing to do all those things. Um, I just think there's more awareness of we could be better, we could do better, and that there's more of an effort to make that happen. I just, I keep landing on, on this idea that beer is, it's about the beer, but it's not about the beer. I, I am 100% with you on that. I firmly, truly believe that we can make change all across the country, across the world, through our tap rooms, through our brew pubs, with well-meaning people who can be leaders, cultural leaders, um, change makers, uh, just good people. And I think people come to a brewery or a brew pub as a gathering place, as a community place. They're not just there for the beer. You better make good beer if you're going to call it a brewery. But I think we really truly can make change from that space in that place because people are coming together there. So I 100% believe that it's not about the beer. It's about all the change and all the difference we can make around the beer. And it's interesting to me that this industry that is home for me has been such an ironically strange adventure with my celiac disease and that that has not changed my adventure or my interest in the adventure or the awesomeness of the adventure in any way. Um, it does. It's interesting to go to gluten festivals. It's interesting to have to navigate what am I going to eat because there's nothing going to be there for breakfast that I can have. And that's gotten better. Um, but this industry is about people. This industry is not about the beer. So back to what is beer about? There you go. Mm -hmm. It's what brings us together, but it's not what happens. What happens is the magic. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And how frequently do you go to an event and you have an experience with someone and you don't remember what you drank afterwards, but you remember your experience with that person. You remember the feelings and the, the vibration of the place beyond the fact that your mixed culture farmhouse ale was amazing. Well, isn't it true that, that I don't remember who said it, that they won't remember what you said, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. So true. It was perfect. <laughs> oh, good. You're perfect. Um, I love talking to you. I'm perfectly insane, and I love talking to you as well. <laughs> We're perfectly imperfect, right? Exactly, with a lot of sunflowers to asterisk on that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yellow hearts. Whenever mm -hmm. Laura and I text each other, there are sunflowers and yellow hearts. 
It's our They're thing. gold. They're gold. You're gold. Thank you, Laura, for the reliability and curiosity with which you showed up to Radcraft Industry Relief. I'll quote Laura again. Beer is what brings us together, but it's not what happens. What happens is the magic. I get into that magic once more with Kate Bernat, a highly regarded craft beer journalist with a decade of experience on our next episode. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. This podcast has been a Radcraft production. Get to know us at radcraftbeer.com slash industry relief.